Hey, good morning, everybody. This, t- today is, yeah, I mean, the people who are, normally we get people drifting in in the next 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so they may need some context for this today. Uh, just all you need to do when they do come in and they miss the context, just say, you're late and, and we'll be good. Uh, <laughs> Today, uh, we're going to do something a little different, but I want you to literally be really ready. We're in this series, Consumer or Consumed. I'm walking through literally every single verse all the way through Psalm 84. And today we get up to verse 7 and 8. But when before the end of last year, when we were preparing all of this series, and I was engaging in conversation and with Zoran, who's our creative director, and we were talking about various things, and it was quite clear that we needed to have a day like today. We needed to be able to do this today. So let me just set the tone, and, uh, and then Zoran's gonna share a lot today, and I'm simply here to encourage him along the way. Yeah, please. You yeah. know, um, <laughs> as we go. But Psalm 84, verse one through six says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you, Selah. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. And here we go with today's text. Verse seven and eight. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. So they're going on this journey, strength to strength. Verse eight, hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Selah. Today, today really is in multiple parts, there's today's component. We get to live out some of today's message today. And then tomorrow night for We Pray, if you've never been, I'm, I'm really, really encouraging you to be here. I'm gonna be leaning into verse eight tomorrow night and we're going to engage in that verse. Today really verse seven is this emphasis of going from strength to strength. Now, with that in mind, I just wanna give a quick plug to anybody here who's a GCU uh, student. Uh, Tomorrow they have chapel most Mondays in the year in the big arena, multiple thousands of those college kids come and they worship and hear a a message on a Monday. There's no classes during that time. This takes place. I'm speaking at it tomorrow morning. So I I say that for two reasons. Number one, if you're a GCU person in here and you don't show up tomorrow, I'll be really sad. (laughs) Secondly, it's for the rest of the church to know there is a move of God in the valley taking place. And I believe this Gen Z generation is a revival generation. 
Hallelujah. I really believe that. So I am blown away that they invited me. Like blown away. But they've invited me because this revival generation are doing things really good and word gets back. So that's super great. So they go from strength to strength. I believe we as a church moving from being a a church that prays to becoming a house of prayer, that's where we're going. I believe we as a church, rather than being a church that worships, a church that praises, we are becoming a house of worship, a house of praise. And the way in which our team is now pulled together and put together with Ali and then with Zoran, there's some intentionality taking place and it flows from the heart, flows from the heart. And so it would be remiss of us when we're going through a whole series with the focus of our word being hallelujah and a psalm that really leans into going into the house of the Lord and praise being an emphasis. It would be remiss of me for you not to fully understand, well, what about this team? What do we do? And the leaders who are leading it, what is on their heart for you, for me, for us when it comes to being a house of praise? And so when we thought about that, so I said, okay, Zoran, you need to bring it. And he said, not on my own, Um, but it kind of will be um, today. So Zoran, we're so, so pleased that you are here as part of our podcast. Has anybody watched the podcast? Yeah, every (laughs) in the middle podcast is is me and Zoran. It goes out every Wednesday. It's just Des Des talking and me just sitting. (laughs) Today's the other way around. It's me encouraging him to talk. Um, so we've got a framework for today, but anything could happen, all right? But we've got a framework, we've prepared, um, and so listen up, because what we talk about today, we're going to be encouraging one another to do today, all right? Um, so yeah, come on in, take your seat, it's all good, um, no comment, anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Zoran, just tell our people a little bit about yourself and uh, go ahead. My name you. is Zoran McGuire. For those of you who don't know me, nice to meet you. Uh, I am a musician at 18 years old, traveled. Uh, my first big gig was in Europe uh, with a guy named Bootsy um, and went to school back and forth, traveled to Europe. Then from there, just kind of projected my whole music career. Uh, moved to Arizona for an artist here. Uh, stayed here, that artist moved to Nashville. Then I'm giving you kind of brief synopsis. I've played CCM, Christian music around the world in every venue maybe you can think of. I haven't, oh, I did Madison Square Garden. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, uh, I love music. Music is a part of my life, but I'll be honest with you, through that journey, um, if you're a musician or a creative, sometimes you can be on the fringe of Jesus. And I walked through a lot of strengths in my life to now know who Jesus is and and how he has affected me and how worship and how people gathering in a place and community can all have the strength of who he is. Beautiful. Beautiful. So. Go ahead, brother. Let's get into this. Bring it. Get into it. Let's get into it. I'm going to, I'm going to stand up because I'm, now listen, I'm not dead, so I'm a little nervous, but just work with me here, okay? All right, so. Let, let's start right here. I really, I, I want y'all to know that, that grace already is a place that shook me. Grace is a place that you guys sing so loud. 
It, it is so communal. It's, it's so, it helps in worship. But we're going to, I'm going to explain going to the next step. And that's where when two or more gather, the glory of God is in this room. We're going to go deep into that today, okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go. So let me, let me start with the way that Ali and myself and Jeff prepare, okay? Preparing for, the, preparing for a Sunday looks different. It can look different in many ways, but let's just get the tangible. Let's start with a verse. Let's go to Psalm 4610. I think this is going up on the screen. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Let's start with the first sentence. Be still and know that I am God. When me and Ali meet on Wednesdays, that be still is, is a moment of, you need to know that I truly believe. Uh, well, well, Wednesdays is when the team gets ready for Sunday practice. Well, it's different though, hold on. That, that's practice day. Okay. We're going to interrupt, <laughs> let me, let me. but just context for these guys. Yeah. Okay, Wednesday is practice day, but there's a meeting before that Wednesday. Yes. There's a meeting in which me and Ali just meet, and we sit upstairs, and we sit in quiet, and we be still. Listen to me. She can't, and I can't, and Jeff can't lead you anywhere that we haven't been. You can't stand next to someone and be in the light of Christ that you haven't been already. Yeah. So me and Ali sit and we sit in quiet and we lead, right? And we pray together and we sing together because the reality is Ali picks songs several weeks out and so that's hard to just say these songs work for this week and that's what our people need and that's it and it's over and I just come up here and I start singing. That's not it. So we go, um, we sit upstairs, we worship together and we make sure that we are, uh, we make sure that we're centered. Um, and, and I also want you to know that, that this, favor can move, someone can be in favor and you can be moved. You can go to a concert or a football game and be moved. That's not our goal here. What does our pastor say? Don't leave the same way you walked out. That's changed. Don't come in here and just be moved. Come in here and be changed, right? What does that look like? Let's get into that even more. Um, e even, even things that we'll do, we'll sit up there and we'll pray, like I said, but a lot of what me and Ali, um, a lot of what me and Ali go into is, is what I would call high energy versus high praise. Let me say that again, high energy versus high praise. I've been in sections of church or stadiums or whatever where there's just a bunch of hands thrown up and oh my gosh, it looks great. Presence of the Lord is not there. There's an absolute difference of going to a football game and oh my gosh, we're so excited. Yeah, well, our concert, we're so, that's high energy. So if you, if us as a, as a congregation are going to have a, of, of a, what I would say a first world problem of I want my church to look like this, I want my worship leader to do this, I want her voice to be this or whatever that is, the only thing that you should be asking for is that Ali, Anna, Paul, Carter, Sarah, 
are close to the flame. Weekly, they are in the word. Because if you're not close to the flame, you won't know the difference between high energy and high praise. You will be in John 10. Will be thieves and robbers coming in another way. That preparation is highly important. That's not just Ali, that's Jeff, that's a tech team. That's why I am so enamored with worship not just happening up here, but happening out there as well, and on a tech team as well. Um, this iPad is the worst. Anyways, uh, so it, with that, I, I, we have kind of three things that me and Ali kind of go over. And we talk about it, and we're talking about it more. But I wanted to give you these. What, what does intimacy mean in worship for us? But this intimacy also means worship for you. Yep. Nothing to prove. Every day you walk in the store, you have nothing to prove. You are worthy. Hear me. You are worthy. You are loved. You have nothing to prove to anyone. That equals authenticity. You have nothing to hide. That's a confession to God. We got to confess our sins weekly, sometimes daily, right? Transparency. Nothing to lose. When you walk in this place and you worship with reckless abandonment, there is nothing to lose here. When you're standing next to someone that you don't know, it's not even about that person you don't know. You have nothing to lose, hide, or to gain vulnerability. So with all that, all of that thought, all of that, you, you'll hear us a lot say, Sunday is an overflow of our week. Now, I want Des to help me. What does that look like for you guys? How does your week overflow into Sunday morning? So as much as Zoran's been talking about how this team prepares and how they need to be close to the flame and what they do even on practice nights, all of that, this is a we. It's not a we do all this work, you come watch. It's a we, isn't it? The Lord inhabits the praises of his people, not just the praises of the praise team. He inhabits. So what does your preparation look like? And maybe you don't think about it. Maybe it's just preparation, it's get myself out of bed, put some clothes on, make myself look more presentable, and just get here. If that is all that is possible, I'd still take that over not being here at all. However, I have been looking forward to today. Like there's a looking forward to. You, you're excited for it. There is something special about it. And what you need to do is your own preparation. So everything Zorn has said about this team applies to all of us. Go before the Lord with authenticity. Go before the Lord with transparency. Go before the Lord with vulnerability. And it's okay, we can be in here. We do not want people coming in here with a, I've got it all together, I'm wonderful. Number one, you're lying. You know, so just be real because we're a community of believers. Now, I will be very practical in this and then hand back to Zorin. There is something absolutely significant about when God's people gather. There is. So my car is my own mini worship temple. 
where I bring loud praise in my car. That is a space, it is a place where I daily get the opportunity to do that. But this morning in preparation, you know the drill, this morning I just knew I needed to get out, I needed to get my weighted vest on, I needed to go for a couple of miles of a brisk walk and I needed to praise needed to praise and all the time that I'm declaring as I'm walking all the time I was just thinking but I can't wait to be in the house I can't wait to be in the house I can't wait to be in the house I think all of you need to ask the Lord for a fresh revelation of what it means to dwell in the house of the Lord what does it really mean it's not come and consume it's not come and consume it's come and be consumed Excited. So get ready, carry on. Zora. Okay, let's go to Ephesians 5, 13. Let's go to Ephesians 5, 13. Now, church, stay with me because this is a little bit of a challenge here. <laughs> but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. You just entered God's house. You just entered that you are in the light. Now, for me, as a worship leader, when it becomes visible, some people's light is not as bright as others. And that's the communal part of standing next to people in community, right? Okay. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is the light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. I have gone through some many strengths. I have gone through a strength last year I didn't think that I would make it through. And that strength did not enamor me to stand like this. Doesn't. Wake up, O sleeper, where two or more gathered, the light of Christ is here. He is present. So it's been said, you know, me and Des had a conversation when we were preparing, and he kind of brought up something, and, uh, and I didn't even realize, and I had to investigate more as I kind of, you know, as we talked about it. But he said, he said uh, it has been said that the leaders of the church, that there's two things that threaten the Western church faith. So just think about that for a minute. More the health of the church. Sure. Jesus will build his church regardless. Right. But the, what are the threats to the health, the health of the church? So what are, what are the two threats of the health of the church? Just think. We could quickly go to many things. Politics, racial divide, list goes on. Okay. Let's go to, before I tell you these two threats to the health of the church. Let's go to um, Ecclesiastes 1.9. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. So from a worldly view, everything that you've seen has already been done. Everything that is going to be invented will already be done again. So now all of that is out of the door. The health of the Western church all of that is gone. Everything that we've seen, Jesus just said it for us. Everything that's been seen will be done again. 
you know what that word is? Apathy. Yep, apathy. Consumer posture. Ooh, I'm at a concert. This looks good. Lights look great. Lukewarm. It's not my problem. Apathy. That's not to say that that's not a that's not like a disobedient I don't want to worship. That's not rebellion. Don't get that twisted. It's not rebellion. Yep. It's an apathetic posture. So when you go from, and I know that everyone in this room has gone from strength to a strength. So when you go from strength to a strength, can you do that apathetically? Can you come into a place that has, that, that the glory of God is here and stand here in an apathetic posture? Let me just add to that. Okay. The word apathy is strong. There's also this word passivity. You can just be passive. So I think the two go hand in hand. So as a communicator, I was taught that every single one of you at some point, even this morning, are gonna slump into what's called the pit of passivity. And the pit of passivity is caused by sometimes distractions and what's for lunch and have I done my homework yet and is my wife still angry at me and da 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 da, all the distractions. And so there's a pit of passivity. And so as a communicator, our role sometimes is to make sure you don't go into it for too long. However, some of our postures when we come into the house are already in a pit of passivity. It's not about what I get to bring. It's just about, I'm just gonna sit back and see. So apathy and passivity are the biggest threats to the health of the vibrancy of the church in the Western world. Without any doubt, that is it. Okay, so let's go to the other side. The other side of this health is now, now we're worshiping and now we're, we're in a place where surrender is happening. Posture, posture, sitting, kneeling, whatever that posture may be. And then we get individuals or people that want to talk about emotionalism or conformity. I don't want to conform to, I don't, uh, you're trying to just emotionally move me, right? Can you all agree on that? There's some, there's some of that there. So let's dive into that. So I sat with... Uh, a guy that I do life with quite a bit, but, and we talked about this and we looked up um, definitions and then I went home and I even looked up more. And I really got to this one that emotionalism regards emotion as an end to itself. Let me say that again. Emotionalism regards emotion as an end to itself. Meaning if you're emotional, then that's it. Or, you know, or, or how am I explaining that wrong? Uh, if it's- It's all about how I feel. The goal yeah. is feel good. That's yeah. just the goal. Do, feel do I good. feel good or is, are they making it's me feel a, a certain way, right? Oh, well, everyone else is sad, so I guess I should be sad as well, right? Yeah. Here's the truth. True emotions always results from truth. The truth is what? He's God. The truth is what? I'm in a house of prayer where two or more are gathered and Jesus is present. The truth is what? I want to be changed today by him when I leave this room. So 
with all of that, I, I know it can be a fine line of conformity or you can get to that place where you may struggle with that, but I'm going to ask you a question. And this was a question asked to me by one of, the, one of my great friends who's a worship leader. Why would you not be emotional when it comes to Jesus? Why would you? People are still like, oh, <laughs> it was a little quiet on that one. Why would you not be emotional when it comes to Jesus? Yep. Emotion looks different. Cry, weep. They're all in the scriptures. Shout, joy, kneel. They're all over the place. Yep. They're everywhere. You can find them everywhere in scripture. But God meets us where we are, not where we pretend to be. So going back to that preparation, if Ali is preparing at a place that she not, is not really is, right? How is she able to help be in community or help lead a room to the glory of God? If Jeff is in that place where he is pretending to be somewhere, that's the, that's the line. You can get in church and do 52 weeks a year and get in this place and always be the same. Guys, as a creative director, that's why I hate doing the same. One, three songs up top, one down at the bottom. It's repetitive. You don't live life like that. So that's where the challenge is. Better get to church because it's going to be one song and three at the bottom. It's going to be announcements up top and eight songs at the bottom. <laughs> it's going to be eight songs up top and Des is going to talk for 80 minutes. At, I don't know. You know, like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Wait, what date's that one? What date's no. Regardless of, regardless what I'm saying is, you don't live life like that. You don't live life waking up and doing the, oh my gosh, I'm so excited and here comes a message and now, that's not life. It is life if life's just about you and nobody else. But if you're in relationship with anybody else, the other person has influence over your day. So if we're walking with Jesus, he has influence over your day. So let's get practical now. Let's start to put this into play. How do I enter a worship experience? Again, um, there's a guy I do life with. Well, it's Paul, Paul Courts. I do, I do a lot of life with him. We talk a lot. Um, and, and Adam as well, and we, we just, just kind of go back and forth about things. But Paul told me something, and it's, it was really great to me. So let's put this into practical play. Let's say now you're here, you're prepared. You're ready to go. You've, done the, you've been to your small groups. You've been to kind of an outreach. You've done your preparation. You've been close to the flame. You're in the word. All of that is said, okay? Now, for the people that are new here or people that just even, how do I enter this throne room? Let me tell you what Paul told me. Not knowing what standing in the glory of God may look like when you walk into grace, somebody's telling you that Jesus is in your face, but yet you still are looking like, oh, this is a concert. So if you don't have the tools to be able to do this, of course, this isn't going to happen, right? So let's get to the tools of doing this. When you enter God's gates, you must enter his gates in thanksgiving. Now, hold on, because I'm a realist, and, and I, I, 
I come some days and I don't want to enter his, thanks, his gates in thanksgiving. I am not physically there to enter his gates in thanksgiving. So help me. How do we do that? How do we, how do we get to a place of thanksgiving when we do not want to be, when the week is hard, when something is just dropped on us, when we got a phone call, all of that? I mentioned this in previous weeks, and if you've missed previous weeks, go back and listen to them. I am absolutely convinced of this. We don't live life emotions first, we live truth first. And our emotions follow. Therefore, I might not feel like Thanksgiving, but I have to know if he said it, it's true. Therefore, I'm going to choose Thanksgiving. I'm going to find something with reasons to give thanks, reasons for gratitude. I am literally, go with this, I am going to act my way into the feeling. Just to help. Oh, I don't feel like it. No, but it is true. Truth first follows. Truth first follows. That's faith first. Believe God. He said it. I'm doing it. Whether I feel like it or not, that's where I have to go. That, and so for me, when even Zoran quoted, wake up, old sleeper, there are absolutely multiple days where you don't feel like doing something. But I know if God said, do it, I do it. And then, whoa, here we go. I have been woken up from soul slumber over and over again when I enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I just do. I surround myself. I put myself in an atmosphere of worship. Therefore, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. If I want to breathe in his joy, then I need to be in his presence. And the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So therefore, it awakens that way. Do you understand? Yeah. It's enough for now. Carry on, Zoran. Time's going. Keep going. So he said the next one. <laughs> I love this. He said I told the you he's going to speak more than me. He said, he said the next one, and that is enter his courts and praise. So now you've gotten out of Thanksgiving. Now you're entering his courts and praise. I, I know. I'm going to get you. We're going to get there. After that is confession. After that is uh, partitions, asking God. And then intercession. And then, with that, you've entered the holy of holy adoration. Apathy is gone. You are entering the holy of holy adoration. Let me just help briefly. Okay. Some of you are like, oh, that order. Hang about. I just do this and then, then confession, which one's first and all these different things. If a word helps, the word pray, I know people have the word act that helps. The word pray is just a word. We can spell the word pray, can't we? And we've had it. Start, pause, pause. Be still and know that I am God. Pause, pause. Each day, okay, here's a moment. Now I need to know who I am and who he is. Got it. That the R is rejoice. That's that whole thing, entering his gates. So then rejoice. Whether you feel like it is irrelevant, do it. Rejoice. Then you get to the asking, and the asking includes confessing of sin and asking for forgiveness. The asking goes on, and intercession goes on, and the why is yield, which is what Zorin's there. So if there's a little tip today, it's not on screen, just happened right now, and you've heard it before. This the word pray will help. Pause, rejoice, ask, yield. If that is in your framework each and every day, that'll bring about transformation. That will be 
the transformation, the renewal of your mind will come that way. Carry on. So then my next question, another question I ask to you. What does the glory of God look like to you? It looks like the face of my children. Sometimes it looks like me hiking a mountain and looking over God's creation. What does the glory of God look like to you? So I, I don't want to just do a message and then, you know, walk off. I want to do the thing that I know how to do. So now let's get into postures of worship. I want Ali and Rosanna to come out here and I just want to pray. I want to be in a space where we enter the glory of God, where we enter his gates in thanksgiving, where we enter his courts in praise. I want you to think about what the glory of God looks like for you. And I just want to sing over you in these seats. I want to show different postures of worship. Are y'all with me? This is still the teaching time, guys, all right? So. This is learning together. First, why don't everyone close their eyes and just let me say a prayer over us. God, right now I pray for reckless abandonment. God, right now I pray for boldness. God, right now I pray for strength. Strength of not of what your neighbor may think of you, strength of not of how I may be viewed, strength in just looking up vertically to you. Postures of worship look like this. It's a sign of surrender. Look at me, church. It's this. Look at me, church. It's this. It's sitting. We don't need to look the same. We don't need to look the same at all. That depends on where where you're at with Jesus. Don't let your neighbor distract you. If your neighbor is sitting, that's not maybe the opportunity to distract them. That's their moment with Jesus. Meet them later and, and do community with them. Your voice is a posture of worship. So I want to sing this again. I just want you to be where you are with Christ. God doesn't meet you where you pretend to be. God meets you where you really are. Look at me, please. Two or more gathered in this place. Jesus is here. 
So close your eyes, please, and let us just sing this over you. Here is where I lay it down. Every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where Confession. I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender. What is Jesus trying to say to you right now? You are in this house. To do whatever you want. Come on, Spirit. To do whatever you want. And I will make room for you. To do whatever you want. Now I ask you, church, to worship with reckless abandon right now. What does that look like for you? Where are you at? Are you hurting? Are you in joy? Do you need to weep? to kneel where is that reckless abandonment right now what posture fits you right now say it is I use the word it is exhilarating to know that we as a, as a team and it's we as a team all that matters is Jesus first we give everything to him everyone to him and the posture of surrender is the posture of worship the posture of surrender is the posture of worship. 
not going to get into verse 8 at all. It's all tomorrow night, so you have to come tomorrow night. But we go from strength to strength. What we're going to do now is I'm going to invite you all to stand up and invite the rest of the worship team out. If I know you can stay seated, stay seated, stay seated. You can do whatever you want in this next song. I'm not going to tell you what to do directly. You can do whatever you want. I found an old quote that I'd written down maybe 15 years ago. And uh, it's amazing I can read it because my handwriting is very gifted. <laughs> it's not good at all. I got his quote in an old notebook. And as a result, I'd written this down for whatever reason. I don't remember the when, but it fits with what we're about to do now. I'm just gonna, we're gonna have one song, which is just nothing but you being in a surrendered posture and receiving all that the Lord has for you, his Holy Spirit, receiving what he has for you. And then we'll go into a couple of closing songs. And so I, it, it says this, in our worship, if our worship is with full adoration, it isn't about us changing God's mind. What it is about is the changing of my heart. It's the realignment of my heart. It's about me having my faith activated. It's activating my faith. When I make these declarations in praise and in worship, it is activating my faith and it is developing my boldness in God's word and becoming more like him. I read it down, I was sat there going, wow, this isn't about me doing something to persuade God to do something. My prayers are not about hopefully that I'm just gonna influence God in such a way that I, He just does what I say. It's about really the changing of my heart and me aligning with Him. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. We like the second part, but it's the first part. And so... Today, intentionally, we've crafted this time, this next song. You can sit, you can stand, you can come down front, you can move into the aisle, you can kneel down, you can sing it, you can take it in, you can make this word a prayer, you can make it a praise. Um, and so just sit where you are, and then after this song, we've done all that, then we'll move into a, a couple more songs where we'll engage with our prayer partners for those who need it. I love that we can just talk in a living room environment. Sometimes. Okay? All right.